I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week on the show, RJ Grimshaw from Able Leadership joins me to discuss the difference between entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, as well as why every company needs to practice entrepreneurship in order to achieve a high level of success. I really loved this topic and RJ hits the nail right on the head with it, so definitely stick around. Welcome to the show, RJ. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, Tanner. My name is RJ Grimshaw, as you just said. I'm the CEO president of Unify Equipment Finance. We're a equipment finance company that helps businesses across the country either acquire the equipment that they need to grow revenues or become more efficient, or we work with the dealers who are selling the equipment. And it's very similar to when you people go buy a vehicle or a car from a car dealership. Car dealerships have many different banks and finance institutions that they can work with, and it makes the process of buying that car, or in our case, that piece of equipment, that much easier because we're able to offer financing, which provides cash flow for the business owner. So I've been doing that for 20 plus years, but also have dabbled with entrepreneurship, owned my first company at the age of 22 uh, that my dad financed for us, which was, which was a bar restaurant. So... Um, just love working with business owners and, and helping small to medium sized businesses across the country any way that I can. That's awesome, man. So it sounds like you've kind of been all over the place with all your different business um, ventures. How did your career get started? Can you tell us uh, the short version of your story? Yeah, the short version in terms of um, uh, my current career, and I'll call it my current career in corporate America, where I've discovered the term of entrepreneurship, Um, I fell into it by accident. I I, uh, owned my own company, like I said, and then uh, actually sold my part of the company to my brother, which left me to go find a a job, uh, which I did. And and I was a finance manager at a car dealership. Then I ended up in in banking and uh, been in banking ever since with a specialty in equipment financing. And again, my why is just helping business owners. And I love, I love meeting and and, and, you know, just assisting entrepreneurs. That's awesome, man. So what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I, I would say probably take more risk. Um, and, and we can see that taking place now in, in, in with the current younger generations. And you see that with the great resonation and even yourself, you know, going out and starting something on your own. Um, because you, there, you see so many people that are in corporate America, which is unfortunate, that are just aren't happy. They're not satisfied. They're not, um, you, you know, they, they really don't have the desire to, to, to go into work every day. So my advice would be to, to the younger RJ, um, you know, take risk quicker. 
I'm conservative in nature uh, and learn from it, lean into it um, and, and move forward. So, but I've been very blessed, very fortunate. Uh, probably the better question is what would you tell RJ now? Because as you get older, I was having a conversation yesterday. As you get older, you, you become less risk tolerant. So it's kind of counterintuitive to what I just said. Um, but if I was in my 20s, uh, I, I would try and discover as much as I can, find where I want to, to, to make my name, uh, surround myself with like-minded people and get after it. So that, that's excellent advice. And, you know, I, I think taking risks early on, it's really important, right? Because, you know, what's, what's there to lose, right? I mean, you, at, a, at a young age, you don't have any assets or anything like that. At least most of us don't. Um, but talk to me a little bit about uh, corporate America. You know, what's your experience there? Um, what's, what's your opinion? Boy, I could get in trouble um, and answering that question. I, um, I've worked for large companies and I've worked for small companies. And the, the, the challenge in corporate America and what's driving the great resonation is that in larger the company, the more challenging it is for an employee or team member to have their voice heard. And just showing up to do your job as a functional employee, and that's and that's what we there's two different employees. We we call them, you know, we define them as functional and vital. But showing up as a functional employee and just working for the weekend and just going through the motions per se as a as a seat warmer, that's a lot of work. And it's a lot of work for the individual, and you're not really providing the services to the corporation that's needed. So the, the challenges there's there's and you can google it there's all kinds of stats out there in terms of the percentage of employees that aren't engaged with their organization or their or their mission i just think that it's an opportunity for corporate america to really reevaluate the current model and start getting people more involved um, hence why i love talking about entrepreneurship because that is a way to this type of culture and mindset in place where you're able to increase the level of engagement. And, and that comes from within the employee, right? Are you talking about, you know, taking the initiative as the employee or do you, are you talking about management taking that into account and having that trickle down effect? Let's look at it from a, from a two prong approach. The first one being, as a company, as a business owner or unit manager or just a managing director of a certain part of the business, it starts with you. And just, and this is what we do as an organization in terms of helping companies start putting this type of culture in place that we've been able to utilize at Unify for the last eight years, which has driven tremendous growth from us. We've been able to grow our revenues from 13 million and last year we crossed 100 million. And with and with that being said, we've actually shrunk our, our employee base because we really focused on looking for ways to improve, enhance our business around technology as well as processes and procedures. So back to your question, it starts with the organization and it starts with the leadership team embracing entrepreneurship and embracing entrepreneurs within the company. So that's one answer. The second answer, if, if this is resonating with someone, 
and you look at what an entrepreneur is from a definition perspective, it's someone that th thinks like an entrepreneur within the corporate confines of a, of, of a company. And with that being said, there's, there's five things that a manager or business unit uh, manager can look for in terms of identifying their entrepreneurs. One, they're passionate about the mission of the organization. This person is tenacious and resourceful. They're a life learner and they're always challenging the status quo. So if you're listening to this and you're an individual and you say, boy, that's myself, that's me. Probably the next step of that is to find a company that you're going to be aligned with. Because if you're not aligned with the mission or the vision or the direction of the company, and that I, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur or not, if you don't believe in the company, what they're doing, then you, you, you probably should find a company that you believe in. Yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, we're talking culture, we're talking mission values, right? And everyone needs to be aligned with that. And I think that's probably the main reason why so many workers are disengaged. I, 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 would, I would agree with that. And either I would agree with that as well as leadership and managers aren't communicating what the mission is, or it's your buzzwords, or it's your catchphrases. And there's really no meaning behind it other than someone probably in marketing or an HR department thought these things up and said, hey, this is what our mission statement's going to be. Um, at Unify, it's real easy and the team buys into it. The team actually created it. Again, we do things, we try and keep things simple. Um, customers first, team members first, ensure that they have the best possible um, experience that they can um, and, and assist in any way that we can. So it's really straightforward. Yeah, and I, and I think this, you know, great resignation, you know, this post-COVID economy is really, you know, shifting everyone's attention to culture in the workplace, to taking care of your employees. Because now, it wasn't like this before, but now employees are just as important as customers. I would, I would actually say that <laughs> the way that I look at, at the business, and I've always looked at this, our team members are more important than the customers because if we don't have outstanding team members, there's going to be no customers. So first you have to identify the team members and take care of them to ensure that they have all the proper tools. They're being challenged. They understand where to go and then give them the latitude to be able to make decisions um, within the organization. And then the customers will come. The customers will follow the word, you know, a lot if, if, Unify is not a well-known brand across the country, but we continue to grow. And that's based off of just referral business because we're just executing and doing what we say we're going to do on a daily basis. And that is taking care of uh, one, starting with the team members and then two, taking care of our clients. Yeah. And I, and I can't, I can't even comprehend how many companies just don't focus on that. Right. I mean, your your team and your culture is so important and, and like you said someone in hr coming up with a mission statement that's not the right way to do it i mean you should be getting everyone's input and if employees don't feel heard then they're they're disengaged and they aren't fulfilled with the work that they're doing and they're just trying to get by exactly and and that's all they're doing they're waiting for the weekend they're waiting to use all their pto they're waiting for the holiday um and again, that's fine. I'm not knocking that. It's just not one who, who we try and surround ourselves with 
at unify and or the way that I've ever thought about work or uh, a, a professional career. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're getting at is it doesn't have to be that way, right? And, you know, everyone benefits if it's not that way, you know, workers are happy, they're fulfilled, but also the business sees great dividends on that as well. I completely agree with that. And it goes back to, to, you know, entrepreneurship. And when I might be talking to a business owner or presenting or at a conference and someone says, well, what's the, what's the risks of trying to, to um, put this culture in place? There isn't any risk. There's, there's <laughs> zero downside to this. And what you're going to see is all the benefits we discussed in terms of engagement, energy level increases across the business units, morale is elevated, the creative juices start to flow. The conversations improve tremendously. So again, the, the and, and then the best benefit to the organization is you start attracting a higher caliber of talent within your company. That again, back to like mind. People want to work with people that are like minded. And I'm not saying that they're all yes people in terms of the management, but they like being in a place that they know that their daily activities, their daily um, uh, value that they bring the organization is meaningful one for customers and then two for their other teammates. Our teammates actually look out for each other more than even the customer again. And that's just goes back to, it starts with the people within the organization. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more RJ. So what, what are your thoughts on someone practicing entrepreneurship within a corporation that hasn't adopted it company wide? It's a great opportunity to go and educate, um, educate your manager. There's enough information. You can feel free to reach out to me at RJ at rjgrimshaw.com. I can give you some materials um, because I've had people come up and ask me that before. And it's just back to education to your management team. And I would also encourage the entrepreneur to keep moving forward with that mindset because you're going to see the return of your time and energy 10x from a dividend perspective from your learning-based knowledge as well as the value to bring to your organization and if you're in the organization that isn't going to change go find an organization that's looking for entrepreneurs we start we now list on our job description one of the one of the things that we look for is an entrepreneur mindset for certain roles because i have to say tanner you can't have an organization save your organization is 50 people for argument's sake you can't have 50 entrepreneurs in your company, just like you can't have 50 entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a team. There's one quarterback, there's a wide receiver and everyone has to have their role in the team. So if you're looking at a organization of 50, what we coach and teach is you usually want 20% of your overall team to have an entrepreneur mindset. And they're the folks that are going to really drive the improvements and push the status quo within the organization. Uh, and then you're going to see what we see and this is from historical data, you'll start seeing another five to 10% of folks within your organization all of a sudden start elevating because they want to be part of this as well in terms of this mindset of helping the company grow. So RJ, what's, what's a piece of advice you could share with the audience, um, you know, just regarding entrepreneurship? Um, what's, you know, a main idea you think someone should be gaining from this? I, I would say that the main takeaway uh, one, let's start with the individual. Start identifying yourself as an entrepreneur. If you know that this resonates with you, start identifying yourself and start learning about the subject. 
And again, there's all kinds of materials out there. You can email me, I can send you materials. That's the first piece because you're going to be a, a very vital person within this organ, the current organization you're in or any organization. The second thing from a business owner or a unit manager, and you're listening to this and you're trying to, everyone's trying to think, how do you do more with less? Okay. That's not going to change. Or they're trying to ensure that, you know, that the competition, um, look at Facebook yesterday, they announced their earnings, this, the, the stock absolutely tanked and they referenced TikTok as a, as a competitor now that's taking revenue from them. There's always going to be that next competitor. Look at blockbusters with Netflix. There's, mm-hmm. Netflix is now going to face competition. The world that we lived in that's decentralized, it's going to make it easier for competitors to come into place. Hence why you need entrepreneurs within your company. Even if you're the entrepreneur and you, you solve the, a problem for a company or solve the problem for the marketplace, guess what? You need to keep always looking at other alternatives of revenue growth and other product sets. And the, the entrepreneurs are going to help you do that. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, you know, as an entrepreneur, a startup founder, I mean, your ideas are only going to go so far. Right. And we always hear this talk about, you know, don't be the smartest person in the room, you know, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Like you just said, I mean, those are the people that are going to really revolutionize your, your product offering and, you know, innovate the market. I, I can I completely I completely agree with that 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 statement, and I use I typically use uh, a, a phrase where the uh, entrepreneur is the dreamer, the entrepreneur is the doer, and that's not a knock on that's not a knock on an, on the entrepreneur from a dreamer's perspective. You need dreamers, you need people that think like that. However, the entrepreneur is the one that's going to come in and and help drive the success of the organization. Yeah, I agree with you. Every company needs a visionary and usually the visionary is not very good at the doing part, right? <laughs> Correct. Um, Correct. I, I kind of see it as, you know, you've got, you've got the CEO who's the visionary and then you have the COO who's more of like, okay, let's get it done. Let's find ways to do it better. And, you know, kind of translates to entrepreneur versus entrepreneurs. Um so yeah, I think it's a really important thing. I can't stress enough how important it is to establish that type of working culture within your business because you don't want your employees to just be seeing you as a paycheck, right? I, I, I completely agree. And the way that we message that internally within Unify is that um, even though Unify is the name on the paycheck, at the end of the day, the customers that we engage with on a daily basis are paying us. Because as I mentioned earlier, we talked about, it, you know, without customers, you don't have team, but it starts with the team. So it's mindset. And it just goes back to, there's no buzzwords there. There's no catchy phrases. It's just pure facts. We don't have customers. We don't have a paycheck. It has nothing to do with the overall organization or, or unify. So we need to please our customers and, and, and take care of them. And then we'll continue, you know, we'll continue to grow and, and have the success that they, they all deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that you stress the no buzzword thing. I can, I can appreciate that. Um, not a big fan of buzzwords, but RJ, what, what would you say your secrets to scale are? It's all about documenting your processes, understanding who you are, and then saying no. And what I mean by that, those three items is every business owner, every unit manager should have their 
processes and procedures documented. So at any time, if when they hire a new, a new team member and or evaluate certain processes, it's documented. The second thing is identifying who you are. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then leverage and go after your strengths and then say no, which is hard to every single business owner. It's hard to establish business owners. And we actually, we, we, we did an exercise for Unify maybe five years ago, call it, where there's a great book called The One Word. And it's a real quick read, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, where you pick a, pick a word. Everyone in the organization chose a word for themselves, which I wanted them from a personal perspective, nothing to do with the business. And then we picked a word as a group for the overall organization. And that year, our word was actually no. And the reason it was no was, we were, I use an analogy, we were a restaurant when we first, when I first joined in 2013, the company was established in 1978. So I'm the second president for the company. And my job was to come in and re-energize, reinvigorate the company. So we found a location for our restaurant. We opened it up. We didn't, it didn't matter Tanner to us what you wanted. We would serve you and give you the best experience that we possibly could. However, you can't scale that model. You either have to decide, are you a steakhouse, are you a pizza shop, are you Thai, are you sushi, are you seafood, right? Because yeah. you, you're not able to scale it. So as soon as we identified ourselves as a steakhouse with a little bit of seafood, and we started saying no, if someone came in and said, hey, we, we would like to order a pizza, it was up to us to say, we no, we can't help you there. Here, you go to Joe's Pizzeria. However, if you'd like a steak, here, let me have, let me, let me show you what we can do here. And that's the way we've been able to grow the business. That first year of saying no is the hardest thing because we, we come from a servant mind leadership, from a servant mind, mindship or mind, mind perspective. So we want to serve. However, we're doing an injustice to the customer due to the fact that we're not great at it. We might be okay. We might be good, but we're not great. We need to be great. And that's, that's what the team drives for now at Unify. Yeah, I, I really like that example. Um, saying no is probably the most powerful thing you can do for your business because being a yes man, just you're never going to be good at anything, right? You got to specialize, go all in on what you're good at. Um, I experienced the same thing and luckily I caught on to it a little bit early on, but you know, I own a digital marketing agency and in the very beginning, I wanted to be everything to everyone, right? Uh, please the masses. Um, everything and anything marketing, like graphic design, right. logo design, branding, uh, social media management, all this stuff, like eight different services. And over the last couple of years, we've trimmed it down to really three good ones. And that has really been a secret to scaling our business. So, so we're aligned there, but however, wouldn't you agree that you had to start being a generalist to understand where your strengths were going to be as well yes. as what you enjoy doing. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a very important step. And I think right. everyone has to kind of learn the hard way. Um, I've, I've heard it said a few different ways, but one of my favorites is, you know, it's kind of like a Vegas buffet, right? You got to try everything. You got to decide what you like. And I love that. And that's exactly it. So if, if you're in the midst of that in terms from a business owner perspective, and you're just starting, that's just part of the process. Just ensure you're always learning from everything um, and, and, and leaning into it. And then you, and then you ultimately pivot to, to where you want to take the business and go. Yep, absolutely. 
So RJ, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? No, I think we, it was a great conversation and, and I hope your audience saw value in it. And um, again, I, I answer all my emails. Um, you can find me at rjgrimshaw.com. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, things of that nature. And it, it doesn't matter what the question might be. Um, you know, I'll respond and try and help you the best that I can. Awesome, man. Well, we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes and thank you again, RJ. All right. Thanks, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seekers to Scale. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. This episode is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you need any help at all growing your business online, we would love to help you. Just visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com. Thank you.